This is the Inkabao Science Show. This is Beat 97.9 FM. It's the Inkabao Science Show. My name is Alon Chabayusu. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the show today. Of course, the show comes your way every Monday morning, 9 o'clock to 9.45. We'll bring you a repeat broadcast of this episode on Thursdays at 5 p.m. On the Inkabao Science Show, we basically bring experts into the studio to help you answer all science-related questions you might have as to help us break it down into relatable units. So this morning, we'll be looking at the science of the skeletal system. Them. We'll be uh, trying to understand uh, the process of um, how we're able to stand, move, and function in unique ways that no other other animals can. We'll be trying to understand a little more about how we're able to do this. I guess we'll be explaining the process of bone formation and common bone problems across all age groups, as well as joint disorders in the adult population. So, I guess today is um, an associate professor and consultant, muscular skeletal uh, physiotherapist. I hope I got that correctly, at the College of Medicine, University of Ibadan. She is Dr. Adeshola Odole. I hope I got that correctly as well. Thank you very much for being a part of the show today. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. Yeah. Did I get your name correctly? Odole. Odole. Okay. All right, then. Uh, I'll um, start um, mastering it before the end of the show. All right. So welcome, on, welcome to the show. Um, let's start off with um, the science of the skeletal system explanation of it okay thank yes. you thank you toba um when we talk about the system it's not just something in isolation mm. um we all know that cells as the basic unit of life when we have two or more cells cells form tissues two or more tissues form organs and then um, two or more organs form the system so basically for the skeletal system we're talking about bones mm. it's a system that has a um, um, a conglomeration of um, bones as organs. So we're talking about the um, divisions of the skeletal system. We have two primary divisions. Okay. We have the axial skeleton mm. and we have the appendicular skeleton. I was just thinking while trying to prepare for this um, show. show this okay. morning that ah. How would it be if we, as human beings, we do not have skeleton, even though we have this endoskeleton? The skeleton is inside, is the framework of the body. We'll just be like um, animals like snails that, are, that have the hydrostatic skeleton, or we'll be like um, crabs and lobsters that have their skeleton outside. That is the exoskeleton. Okay. So basically, if, if we look at the skeletal system, we are talking essentially about the bones. And the bone, like we all seem to know, I'm presuming now, mm. <coughs> excuse me, that the bone is a rigid, it is living. It's a living connective tissue. It oh. is vascular. Okay. It is um, innervated. It consists of cells, fibers, collagens, and minerals that are crystallized. I will mm. try as much as possible not to have too many of these um, medical medical words. So, a typical bone, when we look at a typical bone, there's this outer shell. The outer shell that is referred to as the cortex. Okay. That is the compact bone. Basically, bones have two parts. We have the compact bone. We also have the spongy bones. Uh, but before we get into the parts of bones, okay. you said that the skeleton, the skeletal, um, skeletal system, basically, that there are two parts of it. I'd like us to look at those two parts. Separately, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yes. I j said that we have the appendicular skeleton, yes, and we have the 
exoskeleton okay. to make it very very easy to know and understand mm. appendages appendicular something like extremities appendages so when we talk about the appendicular skeleton we are talking about the bones of the limbs by that i mean the bones of the upper limbs mm. the bones of the lower limbs the bones of the arms and legs in a layman okay. language and oh. we also talk about the bones of the shoulders and um pelvic girdle those are the 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 the, 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 uh, the like appendage the, the, the appendage basically is just the bones of the um limbs. the limbs okay okay the bones of the limbs the shoulders and the pelvic girdle okay we also have the axial skeleton axial that talks about the bones of the skull the bones of our spine that we refer to as the um, vertebrae. And mm. of course, we have the bones of the thoracic cage. That is where we have the ribs. I, I feel like the exoskeleton is the most important because it has the bones of the skull and um, the spinal cord. And as they say, that's the, you know, the, the brain is a central process unit of the body. So, I mean, am I right? That's the most important. Thank you. You yes. could talk about importance. But basically, if we are yes. talking about lo- locomotor, both parts of the skeletons are very, very important. Because when you have to move, there's a way we move in alternate um, swinging of the arms. So yeah. if the, uh, the, the um, appendicular skeleton is not functioning well, you will not be able to have effective okay. locomotion. Just, just so like I'm moving my hands right now, that's, the, exactly, that's what you're talking about. Exactly. So okay. we need to look at both in context. The axial skeleton... The skull, okay. Okay. The skull, the vertebrae, mm-hmm. and the pelvis. And we also have, um, sorry, I mean, the skull, the vertebrae. And we also have the appendicular skeleton okay. that bothers on the bones of the limbs mm-hmm. and the, the bones of the shoulder and the pelvic girdle. Okay, so let's now go into uh, bones that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Okay, uh, I was just trying to make a description of what a typical bone looks like. Okay. I did say that the bone has this outer shell that is known as the cortex and that is the rigid part of the bone that is referred to as the compact bone we also have the less dense mesh of tissues inside at the center of the bone that is the spongy bone we also call it the cancellous bone it's also referred to as the trabecular bone so you don't need all of these you, you can stick with spongy something that looks like a sponge, a sponge okay. so i think that is very simple to know and of course we have the medullary cavity too that is the location of the yellow um marrow that is what we enjoy eating in the bone we find people sucking that <laughs> okay. that's um that part that yeah. part and um Basically, in a typical bone, so we have what we call osteoclasts, we have what we call osteocytes that are, that are actually responsible for bone formation and bone resorbing. That is, when you have bones being formed, mm. I always like to make things very, very easy when I have to talk. When you talk about osteoblast, in English word, osteo talks about the bone. Okay. Blast, that is formation. Mm. There's a blasting. There's a formation of new bones. And when we talk about um, osteoclasts, we are talking about absorption of bone cells. So both of these processes work together. Okay. Let, so, let's um, look at the processes um, one by one now. The uh, osteoblast, that's <laughs> the, right? That's the formation. So let's, let's look at that first uh, of all. Well, I think process. that if I have to talk about the formation, do you want me to talk about the formation of bones now? Uh, v- uh, because you, you've mentioned the two okay. parts now, so uh, if it I have be good to, to look at if it. If I yes. have to talk about the formation of bones, really, mm. there are basically two processes. Okay. 
there's what we call, you know, bone formation. There's another word for bone formation is osteogenesis. Right. Osteo-bone-genesis formation. Okay, of course. So, genesis, genesis right. okay. formation of right. bones. We right. also refer to it as ossification, mm. where we have um, new bones being formed. Yeah. So, basically, the formation of bones happen, it happens um, in uterus, in vitro. That is when the embryo is still in the womb of okay. the mother. Okay. And usually it, it starts... It begins from there. It begins from there. Okay. The formation of bones begins from there. <coughs> we have two processes. We have mm. what we call the intramembranous ossification. Don't forget ossification is where you have new bones being formed. Mm. We also have what we call the endochondra okay. ossification. I hope this time you know... No, no, I, I'm following you. So the intra first. Okay. okay. So basically, mm. when we have... Um, the growth of okay. an embryo yes. or a fetus, the, there is what we call the mesenchymal cells. They are called, they are referred to as stem cells. Okay. These stems are undifferentiated. That is, they've not formed any solid tissue, so to speak. So these um, stem cells, the mesenchymal tissues, mm. gets differentiated and it, it forms osteocytes. These osteocytes later on form the osteoblast. Okay. So it is this those osteoblasts that are responsible for the formation of new bones. So in the, I don't, in the intramembranous ossification, yes. we have a direct formation of bones from the undifferentiated stem cells. Let me just use the word stem, okay. stem okay. cells. Okay. So that is what happens basically. In the intra. Okay. Yes, and for the two processes, we also have what I, refer, what I talked about earlier, the compact bone, mm. And the spongy bones. Okay. So whether you're going through the intramembranous um, ossification or the endochondral ossification, you are still going to have the formation of um, um, compact okay. and then the spongy, the spongy, okay. <coughs> the spongy uh, bones. Basically, in the intramembranous ossification, mm. it is a kind of um, formation of bones, flat bones of the face, cranial bones and clavicles. I didn't talk about classification of bones according to their shape. Because when you hear the word flat bones, it is about the shape of the bone. So we have different classification of, um, of bones. Maybe I should just talk about that briefly. Yeah, because I'll yes, be talking yes. about it in the process of describing, describing. Okay. how bones are formed. Okay. So flat so. bones are bones of the skull. In the skull, we have cranial bones and we also have facial bones. All right. The bones of the rib, you know, I talked about the rib yes, bones yes. too, are flat bones. We also have long bones, that is the bones, like the bones of the thigh, the bones of the arm. Okay. All of that fall in that classification of long bones. We also have short bones. Short bones are bones of the fingers yes. and then toes. We also have what we call sesamoid bones. The sesamoid bones are located in the tendon, like what we have in our patella. Mm. The kneecap is a form of sesamoid bone. Okay. So any other forms of bones that do not fall into these four categories are referred to as irregular bones. The bones of the spine, for instance, okay. the bones of our spine... Is an irregular bone? Is, yes, the bones are irregular. And we also have the iron bone, the sphenoid bone, maxilla, you know, bones of the jaw, the bones mm. of the mandible and also. So we have all of those five... Um, Classification. Classifications of bones. Okay. So in the intramembranous ossification, the... The, these helps to form bones that are flat. It helps to form bones of the of the face, like I said, cranial bones mm -hmm. and bones of the clavicles. Okay. So let me go on to without boring you. Let me go on to the endochondra ossification. Mm. Endo, in, inner, 
chondra actually refers to as cartilage. Okay. You know, the first one that I talked about, I talked about the cells just developing directly mm-hmm. to form osteo. Um, blast that will not form the uh, the osteoblast actually serve as the precursors for the bones. Okay. So in the endochondral ossification, those stem cells, those stem cells, other than differentiating directly to form osteoblasts, those stem f- um, um, stem cells differentiate into what we call hyaline cartilage. Okay. You know, the hyaline cartilage does not, you know, does not form bones. But there's a replacement of the hyaline cartilage into bones. So that is what the endochondral ossification is all, is all about. So basically, the hyaline cartilage acts like a skeletal precursor of the bone in the, in the embryo. Mm. Okay. All right. It's the Incubus Science Show. We're looking at the science of the skeletal system, uh, the uh, process of bone formation, common bone problems, how we're able to stand, move, and function in ways that no other animals can. Our guest is Dr. Adeshola Odole. Yeah, yes. Odole. Odole. Okay, Odole. Uh, she's an associate professor and consultant of uh, muscular skeletal physiotherapist at the College of Medicine here in Ibadan. So now we've looked at the process of bone formation as well as the different classes of bones. Um, let's let's now look at some of the common uh, problems, you know, of bones that are, can occur at different stages of life. I, I remember that um, some people, someone told me some time ago that, you know, if a child has a bone injury, uh, the bone injury is likely to heal faster uh, if it's still a child than when the person grows to be an adult. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. If we look at the a newborn baby, for mm. instance, the newborn baby has close to um, 300 bones while an adult you know an adult human being has about 206 bones so uh, essentially when a newborn is formed there is all we could this ossification some of the bones have not fused so when you now have the bones fusing and then um, we have what we call uh, ossification in vitro that was what i described yes, earlier yes. we also have the secondary ossification which is after birth so this secondary ossification goes on until the, a child or a baby which is an um, adolescent that is the early 20s and that is when we talk about oh the growth plates the epiphyseal plates would no longer allow for the lengthening of the bones for instance now as I am now there, there can't be any form of um, growth in terms of my bones so f- regards to what you just talked about for a, a, a child a child that is growing there is still that possibility of the bones lengthening okay. until the person which is um, the peak of bone mass that is at at what age is that at early 20s like that's when bones stop forming in the body the, the bones form stops forming in the body but we have what we call remodeling okay. there is still this process of remodeling and that is what happens when somebody sustains a fracture and there is the laying down of new bone cells Okay. So basically, in terms of height, growth height, that stops at that um, early adolescence. Okay. Yes. Okay. But in terms of bone remodeling, okay, and bone formation, talking about the um, osteoblast mm-hmm. and the osteoclast, that goes on. Like the bone throughout the entire itself. life. Okay. Yeah, throughout the entire life. But the, the initial process of forming itself yeah. are, are stopped 
at that early stage. Exactly, absolutely. Okay, okay. Um, you can be a part of the show by calling 0700-1979 if you have any questions uh, for our guests so far. Uh, 0700-1979. We'll take a short break. When we'll get back, we'll continue with the Inkaba Sign Show. Don't go away. Dad, why does the sun follow me everywhere I go? I think it's actually just everywhere you go. What do you mean, Daddy? Hmm, my son. Well, science explains how the Earth revolves around the sun. Interesting, Dad. I thought the Earth is a stationary object. How does it revolve around the sun? Hmm, I don't have an accurate answer for this, but I do know where to find answers. The Inkaba Science Show on the Beat 97.9 FM. Ibado. Okay, Daddy. Son, where are you off to? I'm off to tell my friends to tune in to the Inkaba Science Show every Monday on the Beats 97.9 FM Ibadan by 9 a.m. and also catch the repeat broadcast on Thursday by 5 p.m. We can't miss it! The Inkaba Science Show, powered by Inkaba Biotech, Africa's genomics company. This is the Inkaba Science Show. All right, welcome back. It's the Inkaba Science Show on the Beat 97.9 FM. This morning, we're looking at the science of the skeletal system. Our guest is um, an associate professor and an expert in physiotherapist at the College of Medicine, University of Ibadan. 0700-1979. I think we have a caller. Hello, good morning. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Your name, where are you calling from? Uh, good morning. This is Tony from Bodega. Tunde from Bodija. Go ahead, Tunde. Okay, um, I just want to ask uh, a very, um, I don't know, it's a common problem with adjust people when they grow, when they get sick, they begin to experience pain, joint, their joint. Okay. Is it because is it that there is a, a form of uh, education system in the, in the skeletal, in the skeletal uh, system that allows that allows those complex friction in the joint, in the bone. Okay. That, 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 is now, that is not that is not functioning properly when they get pictures. Okay. Thank you, Tunde. Thank you, Tunde. Yes, uh, we'll, be, we'll still be addressing uh, bone problems in adults uh, in, at all ages uh, later on the show. Just, so just stay tuned. I guess is on hand to answer your question when we we'll get to that stage. So make sure you stay tuned. Um, so you've, you've talked about uh, different uh, phases of bone formation. You've talked about classification of bones. Let's look at the functions of these bones now. Okay. Um, talking about the function of the bone, we all know what the skeleton does. The skeleton is the framework, even for aesthetic purpose. If you don't have um, the endoskeleton, I don't oh. know how even Toba would look like this morning. <laughs> 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 so the skeleton as it is, the bones, yeah. helps to support the body. The body, okay. So that is one basic function yeah. of, um, of bones, You're talking about the skeleton. The bones also helps to protect some organs. If you look at the cranium, the bone of the skull, yeah. the, the, this cranium helps to protect the all brain. of the tissue that we have in the, in the, in the, in the brain. Mm. For instance, um, again, the ribs. If you look at our ribs, I talked about that earlier. Yeah. The ribs also helps to protect the heart and the lungs. 
So that's another function of the bone. We have what we call red, red and white blood cells that are produced in the bone marrow. And of course, the bone helps also helps to store minerals. I would not uh, make very good justice about the function if I don't talk about locomotion. Okay. Movement. Movement. Right. Yes, we talk about movement. And that is why most of the time, uh, most of the times, um, skeletal system is not discussed in isolation. We talk about the musculoskeletal system because the muscles, for the muscles to be able to perform their functions in terms of contractions and for motion and for movement, they have to be attached to the bones. Okay. And that is when we talk about um, tendons, tendons attaching muscles to bone. We also talk about ligaments connecting bones to mo bones. So all of this together helps to enhance movement, helps to enhance locomotion, and that is the joy of being human beings mm. that we're able to move from one place to the other. And that also helps to keep our bones in form. Okay, so um, if I want to sit down, for example, there's um, a movement of the tendon and the ligament that you mentioned. In it's fact, the way you are moving your hand yes. while you're doing this, all of these comes into four. Okay. With the contraction of muscles. Okay, for example, uh, t tell me about the contraction of the muscles that are responsible for being able to sit down, for instance. For instance, being okay. able to sit down, there's yes. so many things, in, in, there's so many processes in play. Okay. Sitting down, for instance, <coughs> at the hip, you have what you call flexion. Okay. At the hip, your knee is bent, that is flexion of the uh, knees too. So we have muscles that are responsible for all of these motions. If you want to extend your, you want to stretch out your legs, for instance, like this, yeah. the muscles of the thigh that we call the quadriceps muscles are responsible for. So all of so if you don't have the attachment of the muscles to the bone, you will mm. not be able to perform that. So and all of this happen at all the of, same time. All of these things happen, and these muscles, all of them get to work and to function maximally and it is only when you don't use your muscles very well when you overuse for instance you could have problems you could have mm. pain and i i hope i'll be able to talk about um spinal pain okay which is a highly prevalent kind of pain mm. in both children in both adults in both elderly individuals hello good morning hello hello Hello. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Please move away from your radio. Move away from your radio. Okay. Yes. Your name, where are you calling from? Yeah, my name is um, Chidi. I'm calling from Ubusi. Chidi. Go ahead, Chidi, with your question. Yeah. She was talking about, um, she was talking about bone formation. And um, I wanted to ask, um, when... Um, the bone is being um, formed. Um, that is there anything that is um, maybe you can do to hit um, the the length or you know how how, how the bone um, form. You know maybe um, anything we do during that process that makes it a lot bigger um, than, um, than the usual. Okay. Because I notice that you, you see some parents. You know, the, the both parents will be, will, be, will be tall, huge, but sometimes they might um, have kids that uh, are not that, oh, not have that, okay. that physique that the parents have. Okay. So is, is there any, 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 any uh, you know, um, way that you know, that can be um, reversed? Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Okay, I, I think I also want to add um, a question to it, and then you answer it. I'll answer our first caller's question, question as well. So my own is, um, you know, is it that the process of is it the process of bone formation that determines, um, um, you know, the way? Because some people can fun- perform some function that others can. For example, some people can bend down a certain way; they can raise their leg a certain way. Uh, some people are referred to as to be more flexible than other people. So, is it the process of bone formation, or the uh, you have to do some things to aid? you know, the flexibility of your muscles and your bones to be able to do some of those functions. Or maybe it's genetic, <laughs> you know. Yes. Thank, thank you, yes. Taba. I'm going to ask answer to this question last. That is yes. the first caller. Mm. Let me just take your own um, question. There are so many things that affect bone formation, growth and remodeling. We have mm. forces, you know, forces that impact on the bone. We have issues of um, hormones. We have issues of um, gender, we have issues of muscle force, and we also have the genetic component. Factor. Even okay. aging, too, could affect um, bone formation, growth, and remodeling. Um, Chidi's question, yes. that is there something one can do? Of course, really, we have different, we have some disorders. We have what we call dwarfism. Mm. We also have what we call gingitism. And all of these are as a result of genetic mutation. So there's really nothing you can it, do about it. It has to do with genetic mutation that affects bone growth. And All that right. is where you find some people um, appearing as, um, as dwarfs. And you have some people looking like um, giants. Giant. That has to do with um, genetic um, mutation. That is the growth hormones. For, the, for those people that look like giants, we have this um, over-multiplication of, of, of the growth hormones in the, from the pituitary um, gland. So for the dwarfs, mm. we have underproduction, underproduction or secretion of the growth hormone. So there's really nothing one has to do that do about that. Then the issue of gene too, genetic issue too. For instance, if the father is tall and mm. the mother is short, there's a tendency that you could have the offsprings being very tall. And so. if you have very short parents, you could have both. You could have children being um, very short in terms of shortening mm. of the bones during the process of um, bone formation. Okay. I hope that yeah, answers I, I, your I, question. Yes, yes. So let me now go on to today's um, question. Yes. Basically now, I, di- I didn't talk about that, but it's also important. Yeah. We cannot be talking about locomotion if we don't talk about joints. Where two bones meet together, where you have um, two bones, you know, the intersection of bones is, w- is um, where you have the joints. And basically, a typical joint has um, is covered by um, cartilage. A typical joint has what we call the joint capsule, like the joint of your knee. That is the largest um, joint in the body. So if you look at the joints of your knee, for instance, mm. we have the joint space, we have the synovial membrane, we have the articular cartilage. So and as um, as people age, we cannot under um, um, emphasize the the predisposing factor Factors, of okay. age or the risk that one gets to have um, degenerative um, diseases as one as a person ages. So the ability to regenerate and repair damage to the joint actually diminishes. I talked about the articular cartilage the other time. The articular cartilage is supposed to act as a shock absorber. Okay. It's supposed to act as a shock, shock absorber. Mm. And the typical thing that I used to explain to people is that mm. when you have the door, you have the hinges. If you don't want the doors, you know, when you open and close the doors, if you don't want the doors to make, to give you some untoward sounds, what do you do? You lubricate. So the articular cartilage actually helps to lubricate that intersection of um, 
uh, where two bones bones meet. meet. Okay. So over over the years, as a result of the generation, these articular cartilage will begin to reduce. It will begin to diminish. Mm. And so what you now have, rather than the articular cartilage acting as a shock absorber, you now have two bones meeting. Mm. Like when you are grinding and you want to grind pepper as they used in, to do in the olden days. Yes. And the grind pepper, you have these two bones meeting. After a while, there is this um, scraping of the surfaces of whether, whether it is the grinding stone because the two, the two ends of the bones of the stone are meeting. So in the same way for um, the bones of the joints, we have what we call ebonation. Ebonation is like um, when something is getting, like when you look at the... Let, let, let's take this call. Let's take this call. Hello. Hello. Morning. morning. Your name, where are you calling from? Yeah, my name is Daniela from Malachi. Daniela, go ahead. Please, I, I want to ask that. What should be responsible for the Senegal fluid and the change drying up? What should be responsible for that? So, responsible for what? Okay, you got the question. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. yes, she she got your question. She got your question. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Yes. Yes, I the same thing, the same explanation I was making. Yes. When there is degeneration, when there is degeneration, the content, the, the synovial um, fluid because the way the bone the, the joint of a bone, the joint of um of the body is um formed the synovia we have the joint capsule so the synovial fluid is in the joint capsule right it's, it's the layer after the joint capsule and you now have the articular cartilage so when we talk about the process of degeneration when something is degenerating that is wear and tear when you have these um, wear and tear that is what we call it anyway yeah. in very layman's language you now have the content of the synovial tube uh, the synovial membrane, sorry, pardon yes. me, the synovial fluid, it seeps into the joints. The articular cartilage, the bone ends become exposed after a long period of time because the articular cartilage that is supposed to act as the cushioning, as to, to, to act as a shock absorber, has degenerated. So it is the, the synovial fluid, the content reduces as um, we age. Okay. As an individual ages, the content of the synovial fluid, the synovial fluid also diminishes. That is what happens. Limiting the uh, lubrication. It limiting yeah. the lubrication in the joints. Process, okay. And that is something that we cannot modify. You know, there are some, just things, with age. There are some things we call non-modifiable risk factors and there are modifiable risk factors. Mm. With this issue of age, nobody is going to modify. I can't, everybody, as we get older, we are aging every single Okay, Let, let's now look at some of these um, bone problems. Uh, we'll start with um, the stage of, um, you know, an infancy to maybe adolescence, for example, because you, I think you've briefly mentioned well, one thing that's common with, um, with, with old age. Uh, you know, you, uh, you've heard, uh, I've heard, you know, stories of people uh, having um, what they call bow leg or K leg, and this kind of, um, you know, bone problems that, um, you know, are common in, in children. Those, those are common in yes, children. We yes. have what we call... Um, rickets, all of these are common in children and as a result of the um, loading, as the bones are being formed, uh, as we have the lengthening of the bones from um, childhood to adolescence, mm. we have um, these um, bones and basically the good thing about it is that in most cases of the ch for children you may not even have to have any surgical intervention everything forms to play 
everything okay, just it modifies to, itself. It modifies itself as the because you know I told you that until early adolescence, even though remodeling occurs throughout the entire lifespan of an individual, so there's that is not even a problem. But basically, I think um, there's a big problem when we talk about the um, exoskeleton as it borders on the spine. Okay, I have come based on my years of experience as. Um, as a lecturer, as a researcher, and as a clinician, I've come to find out that a spinal pain, in terms of back pain, basically, cuts across all ages. Especially when you look at children. Nowadays, we have them having backpacks that are almost as big as the children themselves. Hmm. And by the time you begin to load the spine with such everything, so there's the tendency, for instance, if I carry a heavy bag, on the right, uh, on my right shoulder, for instance, there's that tendency for that tilting to that side, and that is what we call scoliosis. We have um, postural scoliosis that is, that is as a result so of the carrying posture. a heavy backpack can change. It can because your over body time, posture. exactly because of the posture that we assume. Even what you do, to, uh, Toba, yes. where you have to sit, you should always ensure that you do not put unnecessary load on the spine, and that is where everybody. Whether you are a child, there's that tendency to... So what's the proper way to sit? (laughs) So I won't put heavy load on the spine. The proper way to sit is that... There's what we call... um, Maybe I should talk about the spine a little bit to help us to understand. We have different curvatures at the spine. We have a curvature at the neck that we we call it a concave, you know, concave um, curve. We also have at the upper back, that is the... um, the thoracic region, we also have a curve. But this curve is convex in nature. It looks like a, a hump, so to speak. We also have at the lower back, this curvature at the lower back is concave too. Okay. So if we understand all of these curves, and of course at the sacrum and coccyx, we have um, a curve too. We have all of these curves at the spine. So if that is the way it is, if you do anything to either accentuates any of these curves, mm. you're going to have problems. Okay. So if you're sitting down, for instance, ideally you have a curve there. So when you have um, high frequency of just bending and just looking down on the table or writing or typing, typing yeah. over time, it affects. It could affect. And you could even have um, degenerative um, disease of the cervical spine, of the lumbar spine. Those are mm. very common. So it's important that we get to know that we should maintain those curves of the spine. If you, if you do anything that is contrary to maintaining the normal curves of the spine, then you would have a problem. So if you are sitting, for instance, and you are slouching, and that is what you do for eight hours, for six hours, then yeah. before you know it, you start, the body only tells you, when you are doing something that is wrong, the only language of expression is pain. Is pain. So you begin to have pain. And that is what I mean by spinal pain. And it could happen or at any of the, verte- uh, of the vertebrae, whether uh-huh. the cervical vertebrae, the thoracic vertebrae, the lumbar vertebrae, and even the sacral and the um, coccyx that are actually fused. Okay, l- let's look at other, you know, uh, problems, uh, you know, associated with the bones, yes. regardless of age. Yeah. Yes, I'm, uh, the, uh, the osteoarthritis is the most prevalent Regardless of the age. That is also affected. Age has an input to that. But there are some other predisposing factors. Okay. For instance, if somebody has had a previous trauma, whether you are a young person or an adolescent, if you've had previous trauma 
to your joint, especially the knee joint, which is the most prevalent joint that is affected by osteoarthritis, mm. you could have problem. Another thing is obesity. All of these are predisposing factors. If somebody well, what happens obese, with before going go into obesity, what happens with osteoarthritis you, you talked about? In osteoarthritis, exactly yes. what I was talking about in terms of bones rubbing against each other yes. and you now have um, a scraping of the surface of the bone. Sometimes you get patients tell you that, oh, they have pain, especially when they are ascending the stairs. Because when you are ascending the stairs, you are putting a lot of forces, you are placing a lot of forces on the joints. The impact of ascending the stairs, they are loading the knee joint. So they will tell you that they have these creaky sounds. Um, um, my joint is making one great same kind of sound. That is what happens in osteoarthritis okay. because the articular cartilage has degenerated. So as oh. the person loads the joints, hmm. there is this um, um, grating sound that we call uh, crepitus. Another thing again is that sometimes again you could have um, disuse of the muscles in osteoarthritis. Apart from talking about pain, there's going to be limitation in movement. Of course, when you have pain, the individual would not want to use the joint. You would not want to do anything that would put any kind of load on the joint. And when you don't use your joint or when you underuse what you're supposed to do in terms of movement, you're going to have what we call disuse atrophy. That is, the muscles would not be able to perform maximally. They begin because you've not been using them. Because you've not been using them. Okay. So apart from aging, I talked about obesity. Mm-hmm. Being a female actually predisposes us to having osteoarthritis too. How? Um, evidence has shown that, you know, there's so many research in terms of, um, in the literature, have shown that females have a higher predilection of having osteoarthritis okay. than male. Well, the reason may not be far-fetched. Most of the time when you talk about um, in terms of body build, okay. in terms of obesity, you know, I told you that obesity is, a factor. is also a factor. We okay. also have um, we could also have the familiar tendency to, like if something if, it's, if you have that familiar tendency of having degenerative diseases, joint diseases mm. in the family, it could also predispose an individual okay. to having um what about um, there's another one rheumatism? That's uh, is that also that's also a common. Well, well I think um, rheumatism is um, is a, is, a, is a term that people just coined. Oh, people Basically, just coined what it. we have is rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, in okay. rheumatoid arthritis, that is a systemic thing. It's a chronic systemic inflammatory disease. It is a chronic systemic. Does it have to do with age as well? It doesn't have to do with age. Okay, what happens? And what uh, happens uh, with uh, that? It, it, that one affects um, the joints of the of the extremities, the joints of the fingers and toes more. There's what we call the rheumatoid factor. This one is systemic. You know, the body system mm. just begins to fight against itself. And you now have these inflammatory processes. You now have what we call rheumatoid nodules, the thickening at the joints. So basically, what we do, we, I'm a physiotherapist. Yeah. Basically, if we have such individuals that have um, rheumatoid arthritis, Bec- they, with, with their presentation, most of the time they present with pain too. They p- present with um, reduced um, functional ability as it relates to the hand function if the rheumatoid arthritis affects the joints of the, of the fingers. So we manage them using the means that we have in physiotherapy. If there are no acute inflammatory reactions, mm. basically we treat them using um, heat. There's what we call paraffin wax bath therapy that we use. When we want, when a patient presents with them pain, of course, we also help them to ensure that there is a um, good mobility 
at the joints okay. and we also help them to improve hand function there are so many things that i would not want to just uh, talk understand. about now because yeah. of the constraints of time yeah but um basically gender differences i think i talked about yes, that too. gender differences hormones males are said to have stronger bones so <laughs> <laughs> males are said to have stronger bones and then um, because um what we call what what we know the hormone that we call the um the uh, testosterone in males actually helps to increase bone density and also helps to increase um, muscle mass in males. So, so for, for women that have stronger bones, that means they are, have a certain high level of testosterone. It could be, yeah. or they could, it could be that there's a way you can also, sometimes when you go on, there's what we call, when you, when you do um, resistive active exercises, there are, those are ways of strengthening your muscles. Okay. So, um, but generally on the average, it is said that m- m- males have um, a stronger, stronger bones, but bone. you could have females. Yeah, of course. But um, it is not the, it's, it's not the norm. It's not something that can be generalized. Mm. Okay, so now that we've talked about the problems, uh, let's look at the things we can do to reduce um, the some of this risk that you mentioned, uh, either in um, children, in um, young adults, or even older people as well. Okay, if I talk, if I relate um, to the exoskeleton, the spine, mm. I think I've talked about that postural correction. You have to be mindful of the curves of the spine. So you have to ensure, because when you do things repetitively over time, that's what we call micro, M-I-C-R-O. You are going to place a bit of micro trauma on the spine. So over time, when you have that, you will have degeneration. Okay? So it is important that we take care of our spine. It is important that you have micro pauses. If your job entails that you sit for long hours, maybe in between... Um, the sitting hours, you take micro pauses. You just stand up, you walk, walk for a while, back. and you go yeah. back. Or sometimes you could do some exercises, and that is important when you know the motion that we have at every joint. For instance, at the neck region, because mm. Toba is nodding now. Yeah, at the neck <laughs> region, I'm learning from you. <laughs> at the neck region, we have what we call flexion. That is when you bend forward. Yes, and your chin is almost touching your chest. And when you look up to the ceiling, that is extension. Those are two motions. When you turn to the side, we talk about side flexion. You know, both sides. Those are another. T- that um, those are another two motions. When you rotate and you want to look at something behind you, again, that is rotation. So we ha- and we have what we call um, retraction. Like people will say, you are poking your nose. You want to know, what, and there is a retraction. So if you are you you are engaged in a particular motion. You know, at the expense of the other motions. That means you should ensure that you also carry out the other motions and ensure that otherwise you find the muscles responsible for that particular motion Hmm. crying out in pain. Right. And before you know it, you'll be referred to a physiotherapist. And that's that will that is good money for me. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 then you, you mentioned the movement of the neck, you know. Right, left, up, and down. For those uh, that have uh, problems removing the neck, uh, the you know the problems related to the uh, what what you, what you cervical. cervical. Yeah, okay. So what? Do yes, you want me to I want you to explain it because there are people that um, have problems turning right, turning left, or moving their neck up and yes, down. If you if you have problems turning your neck in any of the motions that I've yes. just talked about. Well, of course, you can't turn 360, so... Yeah, no, 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 uh, that, that is not allowed. <laughs> that is not allowed. It's only the shoulder. You know, you can have 360 yes. degrees of motion at the shoulder. 
if you have any problem that bothers on turning your neck and you are in severe pain, I would advise you, you would need to be assessed. Please don't do any form of um, self-exercises. You will need to be seen by a physiotherapist so that we can know whatever is, whatever is causing that particular pain. Because sometimes you could have muscle spasm when the pain is in intense pain, and uh, when the muscles is in intense Pain. That's muscle spasm. Muscle spasm. Okay. That is when the muscles is um it's, it's a way of responding, the body reacting to pain and saying that oh don't touch, just don't touch that muscle, just leave it as it is. Is that what they call mo- uh, muscle pull? Sometimes we have muscle pull. Yes. We also have muscle pull is is like um because you, you're performing a particular motion, the mm. muscle is contracting. It's only for athletes. For athletes, it's yeah. contracting beyond that particular limit you know for muscles are contractors um, tissues so it's a way of telling you that oh don't go beyond that limit so you have that muscle pull okay okay for for instance some people wake up in the morning and they find out that oh they cannot turn their neck it's as a result of posture the, the way they the slept posture that they assumed mm. when they were sleeping so it depends it depends so if you have pain yes. and you have problem moving your neck or you have problem moving your back, please, I beg of you, please see an expert, oh. see a professional that All right. you to manage your pain. Thank you very much for being a part of the show. It's been um, an informative session with you in the studio. We've been discussing the science of skeletal system. Our guest um, has been Dr. Adeshala Odoli. Yes, um, she's, a, she's an associate professor and consultant, muscul- musculoskeletal physiotherapist at the College of Medicine, University of Ibadan. Thank you so much for being a part of the show once again. My pleasure, Toba. Thank, uh, thank you, you very much for calling me. and joining us on the show. Join us on Thursday, 5 p.m. for a big broadcast of this episode. And join us next Monday for another edition of the Inkaba Science Show. My name is Alon Toba Yusuf. Bye for now. <laughs>